Welcome to another In Conversation With, and this week we're with uh, Helen Archibald, who's the Chief Operating Officer of Thorntons, a rather now large uh, solicitor's law firm uh, working in the city of Dundee, but outlying areas in Fife and Edinburgh, and it's growing and growing with over 400 employees, and we'll talk more about that, Helen. Great to see you, by the way. Thank Thanks, you for Gary. taking time out. Uh, and my compadre uh, on these uh, podcasts is a very handsome, <laughs> dignified, grey-haired sort of chap. The perfect face for radio. See, I fed you, I fed you that line. Uh, John Ross. John, welcome again. Gary, nice to see you again. Helen, uh, what a journey it's been for you. Um, how long have you been with Thorntons? It hasn't been a, a long period of time, has no, it? Well, this time around, ah. I've been with Thorntons for just over a year, uh, since January 2016. But actually, I have history with Thorntons from 2004 to 2009. Then I was the HR director because I used to specialise in HR, people management. Uh, And then I went away for seven years and, in fact, was in the team at what was Dundee College and then became Dundee and Angus College. So actually, I'm back in that place today. Just, and these... just, just to explain to our listener, yep. wherever they are in the world, mm. is the studio that we're based in is based in Dundee and Angus College, Gardine Studios. Totally. So it's an absolute delight to be back for lots of for lots of reasons. A delight to be here, but it has been great to come into my old workplace and get some hugs from well, old colleagues. I was going to say you were obviously very popular. It took about half an hour to get from the <laughs> atrium right down to here in the bowels, uh, but everybody was really pleased to see it you. It was nice. It was lovely. So. Um, so what? What um, you, you know? You were at Thornton's initially. What? What made you go back? Was it the offer of of a of, a, of another position? Did you hanker after it? Well, I my life my career started for me in general operations, which was actually in cinema management of of all things, which sounds a bit niche when you explain it to to someone else. Um, but from my my so my early career, starting in 1991, sort of first proper job after education, as it were was as a trainee cinema manager starting in Belfast, which really? is where I... Whereabouts? Um, in, on the Dublin Road okay. in Belfast. You're familiar with it? Uh, I'm very... I worked in Belfast for quite a number of years. Did you? Beautiful place. Yeah, it is great. So I started... Well, actually, the, the I started with the Canon Cinema, which was the old cinema near... Um, the infamous Europa Hotel. Oh, yes. I was in it one night when one of the bombs went off. It was very exciting. Uh, with the infamous title of being the most bombed, bombed hotel, hotel in Europe. Europe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know that us Belfast people talk about that like it's a great thing. I, I used to sit in there quite nervously, <laughs> <laughs> having a quaff, you know. But uh, it's, a, it's an amazing place it with is. all the pictures. I'm, I'm digressing a bit with yeah. the pictures of all the superstars that have stayed there. And yeah. Iconic, iconic building. It, it's I, brilliant. No, it is. I, a very it's good been. Chinese restaurant across the road called the Red Dragon. Right, okay. Gosh, sure it's sad that I know about the Red Dragon in <laughs> Belfast. There we are. Lots of great Chinese restaurants <clears> in Belfast. <throat> There's a really a big Chinese community in Belfast. So yeah. when you were when you were a trainee manager mm. of the Flicks, mm. um, what in the what, film industry? I like to say, Gary. So excuse me, sorry. In the film industry. <laughs> when I was in the film industry. <laughs> in the film industry. When you were in Hollywood. <laughs> well, not quite. Um, there is a Hollywood in Northern Ireland as well, indeed. of course. So I could use that anyway. <laughs> when you were in the film industry, what did you what did you learn from your time there that, oh, that then you've you've brought through throughout the years? You know, so much more I realise now than I realised at the time when when I was doing it. 
I was in that industry for 12 years. Um, and cinema uh, cinema chains tend to keep getting bought over by new cinema chains, so it changes hands quite regularly. I started working for Canon, then MGM, then Virgin, who I loved working for. Uh, then it got taken over by a, a French firm called UGC. Uh, it's now the Cineworld chain, mostly, is, is where I used to be. So this is in 1991 through to 2003 when cinemas were going through a big renaissance. So after the video in the 80s, which kind of killed cinema for, for a while, um, people like MGM and then Virgin came along and did really interesting, exciting things with, with multiplex cinemas, put in, you know, got them licensed, put in, you know, restaurant, a retail store, cafe bars, these kinds of things. And to be honest, if you were young, willing to work lots and lots of, of hours and worked hard... Um, then you, you, you got on pretty quickly. Um, and it was a brilliant, brilliant place to cut your teeth on general management, general operational management. You did everything, you know, jack of all trades, probably master of none, but you did absolutely everything. Um, and it took me all around the country as well. So that was also a great experience. Started in Belfast, moved on to Chester, then Bristol, then Dublin, then Manchester, uh, and then Dundee. That's what what that's what brought me to Dundee um, in 1999. Um, but a great place to to learn to learn general management skills that have really. Stu I realise now these were real building blocks for me going forward um, in my career. Can I just apologise to Chris, our producer, through in the uh, in the sound booth there because I haven't turned my phone off and somebody's just retweeted something. So keep it in. It's a blooper. Sorry, Chris. We'll carry on. Honestly, if only we could get a professional, it'd be so much better. <laughs> so, from 1999, uh, and you, which brought you to Dundee, yep. was did you then move to college? I, I moved. Uh, so, what what happened was getting into the early part of this century into 20, uh, 2001 too. Um, I felt I was at kind of probably given all that I could um, to that particular job and 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 industry, which had been absolutely brilliant. But I was ready for something different. Also had a young family by then um, and working lots and lots of nights and weekends and the only day of the year we close in cinema is Christmas Day um, so for lots of reasons I started thinking about what I wanted my future to hold and um, I thought and it seems quite simplistic when I think back on it now but I thought well, what do you like doing and what do you, where do I think my skills lie and, what, and both of those things I thought the answer was I like um, leading teams of people so in the cinema where I was most um, recently, which was in, in, in Dundee, we employed about 100, 110 people. Wow. And there were, yeah, more than you might think. Lots of those, lots, you know, part-time um, working, but quite a big operation. Bear in mind, you're open from 10 in the morning till midnight, six, seven days a week. You need mm. a lot of people to cover that. Um, and um, I led uh, operations managers, basically, that each headed up their, their different areas that they would be they would be managing. And I really enjoyed doing that. And I seemed to have some success with that, with, with leading other people. So to me, I thought the closest thing to that is human resource management. And I went and actually got a bit of careers advice. And they said, if you your experience sounds really good, really useful. But if you want any kind of a senior role in HR, you will need a qualification to complement your experience. And all of that roll forward a little bit. Um, all of that led to me doing a CIPD, uh, which is a professional HR qualification, a postgraduate uh, diploma, actually, this is where I introduced Dundee College for the first time in my my, my career. I came to Dundee College uh, on a part-time basis 
Uh, this takes us to 2001, 2002, something like that. And actually, the job at Thornton's the, in the HR team was advertised to the college, to the CIPD class. I applied, got the job, which was a general assistant kind of a role um, in, uh, in, in the HR team. That was a big decision for me and for my family because it was a big pay cut. Um, and I was going from really being at the, certainly in the career that I was in, being pretty pretty senior and pretty kind of well off in that, to taking a step back in to try and get into another another career. Um, but as it's turned out for me, I think I was well advised and I was certainly well supported by everybody around me that I that I spoke to, decided to take the plunge. Um, we had to, you know, make some adjustments around that financially and all that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, but it very quickly uh, became apparent that it was exactly the right thing to do. And that is then when I joined Thornton's first time round. I kind of landed on my feet. Um, the then HR director decided to go quite quickly um, to pursue something else, and and I got the gig. Um, the, the qualification thing, I, I've got a little bugbear with it, mm. and I'll tell you why. If you've got somebody who's obviously experienced and qualified in that sense... It, it and it bugs me a little bit that we then push somebody down another route to then get an, you know another qualification. Mm -hmm. it, it happened to me recently, mm -hmm. and I've not sat an exam since I was sixteen, seventeen. You know, uh, but but it, it it are qualifications qualifications overrated. Oh, that's a question for someone from HR, I think, on that one. John, you can. Oh, but from first. an well, okay, on this one, yeah, you, you're talking to a guy who's got no qualifications. Um, but that was, um, I really realized fairly early on, I was pretty unemployable, um, because I kind of grown up doing most of my own stuff anyway, and running things my way from an early age and just got into the role of saying, right, this is what I'm doing. Qualifications for me weren't important. And I just did what I wanted to do and built it that way. Um, but then come forward to when I had my kids, it was the first thing I did was sat down and said, right, you guys need to get qualifications. I've done what I've done, but that's because of who I am and the way I think. And it's been too hard. So both boys then got their qualifications, went on. And we had an interesting situation with uh, son number one, James, who went to Edinburgh, was doing psychology and decided he didn't like it and thought he'd drop out and say, no, I'm going to go and do something else. And he, he had a music career as well. Um, and my wife and I had to sit down and say, no, I think you should finish it. And it was interesting, last weekend I had a conversation with him because he's about, uh, he's progressed well in his career, but he's thinking of making some changes, but he's got to have a degree. And it's the fact he has a degree has opened the doors, which otherwise are completely shut. Yeah, that, Whether that that's right or that, wrong, I, 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 wrong. I, don't, I, I don't know. I think, I think you've got to have a measure somewhere. I think it's wrong. I think it's grey. To be honest, I think I think as in lots of things in life, it's quite it's a, it's a complex picture. I think does a qualification mean that the person with the qualification versus the person that doesn't is going to be the better candidate? Absolutely not. And I know that from from being in a, from employing people over many many years. Um, you know, so is it sometimes used as a way of just getting a getting a cut? Isn't it just saying well? You know, it just gives us, we think, usually, uh, you know, a level of, yeah, a level of, uh, what might you say, competency or or intellect or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, at the same time, I would have to say that I, so I went back, so this was in my early 30s by then, um, to do the, po the postgraduate qualification. And I went back, it was definitely a means to an end. I didn't go back kind of willingly thinking this is great, I want to go back and study. 
but I got a lot from it. Mm. I definitely got a lot from it, uh, more than I mm. more than I realised I, I would. Um, and so I don't think it's as but it, it it's a grey picture. It's not as black and white as to say they're either good or or yeah. bad. I think it's 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 a real mix. I, I get I get it, and and uh, I am I sound like I'm completely decrying. I'm not. Uh, I'd worry about there's a, a tranche of individuals in this world who haven't had the opportunity because of their social background. Uh, where they've come from, maybe lack of encouragement from parents and family that have got mega leadership abilities. Let's just use mm-hmm. leadership as a, fr- a phrase here. Mm-hmm. Mega leadership abilities, but because they haven't been through the the the, the educational system as such, mm-hmm. or they haven't had the same sort of benefits, that they get left behind. How do we make these people shine? It's a, it reminds me, just, just going back to the podcast a couple of weeks ago with Greta, we talked about how Americans, if they excel at sports, they tend to excel in life. My point was, well, what, what if you don't excel in sport? Mm-hmm. It's the same. So how, how, do we, how do we identify talent that, that that could become great leaders but don't have the necessary qualifications. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I think there's lots of stuff that I'm seeing that actually, because I, I agree with the point you're making there, and there's lots of stuff I see that is is really it, it, that I'm is really encouraging. So we're sitting in a college here with fantastic facilities. The college engages lots and lots and lots of of young people and works with them in a way that isn't that you know classic you know sort of what would you say academic you know arena. And really inspires young people to, you know, to, to, to do their best and equips them with not just qualifications, but actually skills and personal attributes and all of that. And I think that's fantastic. I think we're seeing more and more funding for, I, I really like the modern apprenticeship model. Um, we at Thornton's employ a number of modern apprentices and that, you know, I, the, the young people that we have in doing these things are just are just fantastic, and they will do really, really well um, out out of that because they're 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 showing um, all these things that you're saying, Gary. All the kind of personal attributes and skills that don't come in with a qualification, but they come in with all that raw material that they need then support with and guidance and and training. You know, on the job is going to work for them far far better perhaps than a you know, than a qualification. But we're seeing a real rise in those things, and I think that's a I think that's a great thing. Lots and lots of mentoring. Schemes and programs. Um, John, you've been involved in some of that. Have you been involved as a mentor? Have you told me that, or am I mixing that up with maybe we've, some of your voluntary work? We have done um, a number of different things in different ways, mm-hmm. working with people from different backgrounds. Um, and the whole issue of sort of you have a qualification that allows you to go into a certain point. Um, it is a difficult area, and, the, and mentoring people who've got abilities and getting them to think in a different way. And it's interesting when you work with students. Um, the concept of leaders for me, um, leaders are kind of naturally evolving anyway. There isn't a qualification in leadership. And I've seen a lot of people who are very qualified who aren't going to become the leaders. And I know within the legal world, and I've, I've spent a lot of time talking to people within the legal world, when you start to look at the, the rainmaker, these are the people who are going to drive the business forward. Just qualify the phrase rainmaker? Well, I think, it's, I think it's an American term that comes back. These are the people who actually create the work, who create the business that drive the thing forward. Business finders. You know that old phrase, finders, minders and grinders? Mm. That'd be the finders. Okay. Yeah. So these people are out there, but also what you get is the hugely technical people. And if you look at a firm like Thornton, so I don't know particularly well, but I would imagine you've got very, very good technical people. In areas that you work, you need technical skills, and you've got really, really good people. But these people might not want to be 
the driving force. They might actually be very, very happy being extremely well regarded as technical people. Mm. And that's their career. Um, you've got the ones that want to drive it forward. Um, and interestingly, I, I had some profiling done on me yesterday in an event um, that I had to then sit down and fill out, and it said what kind of person I was in terms of influencing. Was it accurate? Um, well, it was. I was very sceptical when it was being done because I thought, oh, you fill in these forms and it tells you all this HR stuff that doesn't, you know, it's all made up. But actually, I did it, looked at the graph and went... <laughs> you said the wrong thing here. I'm not in HR anymore. <laughs> no, 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 it's no. totally fine. <laughs> but I do, and I, I've kind of been cynical of this until I did it, and I looked at it and thought, that's me. Um, and what was interesting was it's broken down into a number of things, and one of them is expert. And what I realised is I'm not an expert in anything, and that was my lowest score was in expert. But the more I thought about it, no, I'm not an expert in any one thing. But where I scored highly was on things like leadership, creativity, customer-centric. Um, and that's just the skill set I have that I've evolved over my life, most of which has been self-employed and running my own things. Um, and I know that's a long way around from the sort of qualifications I think qualifications are hugely important for the generation that's coming through because they need a measure. More and more people are now going through further education and there's got to be some mechanism that says, OK, this is where you are. Um, and I don't think you can just do it on the basis there are great leaders out there because they actually actually have a skill set that takes them forward. There are great leaders who don't actually take anyone anywhere. This is one of the things I've found. I think one of the things that we, we talk about this very much in Thornton's actually... Um, Le learning and development, professional, personal, is about so much more than being on a course, isn't it? Actually, when, when you ask people, when you say, what, what have been some of the things that you've really, the things you would point to in your career or in your life where you really, where you think, I learned loads from that, it's almost never a course. It's almost always yeah. something you were involved with, a challenge, something gone wrong. Um, an opportunity, whatever, or and, or working alongside somebody mm. that you think they were really good at that. Yeah, my, my talking about that, my biggest one was Northern was Northern Ireland. There you go. And it was we were reshaping the radio station over there that had massive heritage. Yeah. And Radio Ulster, or uh, no, a, a different uh, no, one. That, that's the Beeb. Oh, it is. That's Whoops, I've been away too long, Carrie. <laughs> no, see, I don't have a degree, so I can get into the BBC. Uh, downtown, downtown, oh, downtown of beautiful, course, fantastic of course, radio yeah. stations. But we had to make an awful lot of internal changes. What the what the what the the parent company didn't tell me was that uh, it was the only commercial radio station in the United Kingdom that recognised the unions. So from a, and I'd never had a meeting with the unions before. They were, they're formidable. And can I just say to anybody listening that and I didn't have a union rep, but if you get formidable union reps, get one. They were fantastic. And I learned so many lessons from uh, from a management point of view, not necessarily negotiation, mm -hmm. but from a management point of view. And they were they were fantastic. Just want to get that in. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's an interesting one, because actually my first job on leaving school um, was I was in the work study department for a Marks and Spencer's manufacturer with 400 women. Um, and if ever you want to be a sort of late teens boy going into the workplace, try and work in a factory with 400 women because they will certainly teach you um, respect um, and what life is really about. And that for me was a real eye-opener about trying to work with people. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what the product would be. That you well, it was everything. It was making. skirts and it was, it was a, a major manufacturer based in Dunfermline oh, who right are no longer okay. there, but they, they made for them. But it was uh, to be an 18-year-old laddie walking into a factory full of women um, was just such an eye-opener and how they managed that. And, I mean, that's the thing that interests me about Thornton's is, you know, I can I, I learned early days, you know, this is how you manage a factory. Running a, a facility with 400 people in it in one place, 
is one thing, but you're kind of running an organisation with 400 people yeah. across... 12. 12, gosh. Offices, 10, how 10 do you locations, do that? And, and how do you sort of get a common theme going through 12 offices that are not necessarily linked other than by the fact they're all called the same thing? Wow, that's a question, isn't it? Well, that that is... Well, the first thing is you, you have great people working in all, <laughs> in all of your offices. And actually, Thornton's is full of very clever, very wise, very interesting, very caring, very nice people. And people who are very good at, good at their job. Actually, you know, that's one thing that I've learned in my career. If you can get the right team, you know, the rest, the rest is easy. Um, in terms of the operational piece, though, there is a there is a kind of serious point around that. One of the reasons, not the only one, but one of the reasons why Thornton's introduced a chief operating officer role, because this is a new role to the business a year ago, which is a great opportunity for me to get in and shape that role. But one of the reasons is that the, the big growth that Thornton's has seen over the last few years has predominantly come from some mergers with other with other smaller law firms. Um, so we, and that was, you know, a, a doubling in size effectively over about a five year period. So that's really quite, quite significant. Um, now we haven't, we're now in the process and this is, this is the work that I'm leading of making sure that we operate as one firm and get the benefits of having that network of offices and do it in a really slick way, in a way that's efficient. And, you know, because we're a business, we have to make sure we're doing that effectively, efficiently, you know, um, profitably, all, all of that. But there, there is still inevitably, um, it takes a while after organisations come together to kind of iron some of those things out and make sure you're implementing the best practice from from both of those legacy organisations and bringing that together of, you know, one way of, of, of doing things. And ultimately, that's all about delivering really excellent client service everywhere you go. We want, you know, so our model's all about um, enabling clients to get um, top-notch range of all legal services in any of these offices. So if you live out in rural Aberdeenshire and you go to our Montrose office, you can talk to a specialist trademark lawyer or an IP lawyer. You're not getting that anywhere else in, in Montrose. Similarly, uh, you know, right across Fife, and um, we are East Coast mainly, um, Montrose being the furthest north and the, the uh, sort of city places being Perth and Dundee and, and Edinburgh and then quite a few offices in, in Fife. So it's all about making that work. So as we're doing really exceptional, um, you know, client client service. Um, and within that, if you start to think that through, you're thinking, right, so you need to make sure your processes are common and people understand what they're doing. You need to make sure people are flexible and they can move to different locations when they need to do that. You need fantastic IT infrastructure that works really well all of the time. You need to be agile. It's That's all the stuff. Off, that's all the stuff that we're really looking at improving and improving and improving um, at, at the moment. But looking at the history of Thornton's, yeah. being a people business mm -hmm. has, has been ingrained in the culture from the top down, hasn't it? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, um, we are, uh, we have recently um, appointed a new chairman. Is Colin Graham, who's been with the firm for a long time. You probably have, 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 have met him, Gary, I, I at some point. Colin. I'm we've, sure you we've do. We've been at a few do's together. I'm not so. sure there are many people in Dundee that don't know <laughs> no, Colin. He's a very nice um, man. Fantastic, and, and, and he is and, and will be a fantastic chairman. But Colin's on the heels of somebody else, you know, who's Jack Robertson, who mm. was chairman for about 20 years or something like that. And Jack and indeed Colin... Um, 
chairman is you know a role that does lots of things but one of one of the things is a, is a you know a, a figurehead and a, and an embodiment I suppose you would say of, of Thornton's if that doesn't sound a bit too grand but I would say both of these people really if you meet any of them I can just say that's what Thornton's is all about because they're all about you know really great relationships positive relationships and people and all the stuff that goes with that you know trust and respect and you know, great communication, and you know, if 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 you have all of those ingredients, that absolutely comes across in the service that you offer to your clients. Mm-hmm. So it's a new role, mm-hmm. and uh, by the sound of things, things are going really well, motoring away, growing and growing. What's your vision? What's where? What's your vision for five years hence? So we have. I mean, one of the things that actually um, the we recently uh, won an award, which was Scotland's Best Employer. That was the Business Insider Sponsored Awards. And one of the things, interestingly, that um, the judging panel um, liked was that we had um, a clear vision for the next five years. That wasn't the thing itself that they liked. What they liked was that we were involving everybody in that and communicating it really clearly and making it a, you know, a hook that everybody or a, something that everybody could get behind. So we have a, we have a, a clear um, uh, kind of growth target, which is based around our um, just the actual revenue growth and also our, our profitability. Um, and every we share that with everyone in the business and we talk about what that actually means for people because it's not actually it's on the the headline is a is a financial target but actually sitting behind that is all about prosperity for the whole business and sustainability for the whole business so this is a business where in which everybody can enjoy you know the, the fruits of that of that uh, prosperity and we can reinvest uh, and reinvest in the people in in, in the business too would you, um, would you say that's a that's a good set of principles to have for any size of business, any type of business? I I think the I think any type of business that I mean there would be different kind of ways of doing it. I, I suppose when you have to you have to tailor it to the the size and the culture and the you know what 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 you are and what feels right what feels right for you because there are lots and lots of different you know business cultures that work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no there's no right one. You have to find what's right for you and what helps you to really fly. And I think we've 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 done that. Um, I haven't done that. That's been the case for, for for many years. But I think there is something about um, about being clear about what you're all about, about purpose. I think that's the thing. And actually, I said there about the the sort of big financial targets that we've got for 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 2020. As it happens, that's kind of our that was our five now four year plan. Um, so that's important. But actually, even more important is the the, the thing that really engages people is why are we here? Why are we doing what we what we do? What are we here to do? Are we here to make money? As a business might say, well, who, that doesn't engage everybody in your business. Um, so it's finding that core purpose that people can really feel connected to and think, yeah, that's I like that. I, I want to be part of that club, that group, that gang. And similarly for your clients as well, what is it that they're buying into? You know, because our, our lawyers, they're great lawyers in, in lots of organisations. You know, you'll get the same law. So why is it people would choose us versus choose, you know, another another law firm? Um, and that's all about the, you know, the, the way in which we do it. And um, I think um, key to everybody in Thornton's being part of that 450 strong sales force that's, that's you know, that's telling that message all the time. Um, it's really important that we all understand or we all feel connected 
and we know what that 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 purpose what that purpose is. And actually, we've over we're we're in the midst of doing some work on that at the moment. Um, we recognised last year that having come through the mergers that we came through, and looking forward to our ambitions for twenty twenty, there was a real opportunity to say. Right, we're, we're, we're Thorntons, but actually everybody's history here isn't Thorntons. You've got real mix. You've got people who have come from other organisations, other law firms. You've got people who are new just because they've joined um, more recently. Um, and this is a really good time to just say, we, you know, we all think we understand what we're all about, but let's just... Let's just agree that. Let's just sit down and make sure we're all, we're all clear on that. And we started that conversation, which is still ongoing now, but we started that conversation with the partners of the firm. So that's the, we're a, we're a, we're a limited liability partnership. So we the, the partners are essentially the owners of the, of the firm. And it's really important because people look to them. People look to them, to, you know, so if we say, well, what does Thornton's mean to you? What's it all about? Lots of people would say, well, what, what do they think it's about? Um, so that was the place where we chose to, to to start that conversation last year and just the the opportunity to make sure we're all in the same place with this um, before we pursue our next phase of growth. OK, and growth through through more acquisitions? I think, you know, um, we need to... We, we've got... Our, we've set out our, our strategic plans for the next for the next few years. The the growth uh, will come, uh, we think, from a number of things. Some of it will be um, new sectors that we're we're, we're we're targeting. Some of it will be um, organic growth, um, and some of it we would consider. There isn't a a kind of a specific or grand plan about acquisitions, but. Um, we would, you know, quite regularly will will be appro- be approached by um, other what will be more typically smaller law firms um, that are maybe looking uh, for their, you know, for their succession plan um, or their way out or whatever it might be. But it's got to work for it's always got to work for us. And part of the working for us is that it's a fit in terms of what we're all about, what our values are. It's not just about being a fit in terms of the, the, the legal work that they're doing. Can we bring that in? It's got to be a fit in terms of what our values are as well. And and I would say that should go for every single business. I think that's really, really critical. The interesting thing for me, the winning the, the sort of best employer, how's that impacted? And what responsibilities have you got now? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a very good question. What responsibilities have you got now? Um, how it's impacted is um, some great stuff like um, we've had people that have approached us to say, I see you're Scotland's best employer. Have you got any jobs going? I'd really like to work for you. We've had clients um, that have contacted us, business clients particularly, saying, tell us more about that. that that's really good. We'd actually like to hear about it from our, for our business. So isn't that brilliant? For me, the really great thing about winning an award like that, other than having a fantastic night out in Glasgow, is is actually the accountability that goes with it afterwards. Because, um, you know, you could say, you know, it's a, Scotland's best employer. What does that mean? You know, there isn't a judging panel that went around every single business in Scotland at all. Of course, no, we know that. So we were being judged against the other entrants into that particular um, that particular award. Um, but, you know, wasn't it great to have an independent panel of judges judging that actually they thought you were the best of that bunch? But, Going back to the, the, your, your question, John, the important bit is the accountability that goes afterwards. So we now ask ourselves, we literally ask ourselves when we're in conversations about certain stuff, we'll think, what would Scotland's best employer do? So there's, there's a real responsibility that goes with that, that really just, it's that whole success breeds success, mm-hmm. you know, the thing as well. 
Um, so that's the responsibility that goes. It's very astute if you'd ask about responsibility because that is the there is an accountability that goes with it, I, I think. And also it's a great thing for everybody that works at Thorntons because isn't it nice to feel part of something that, you know, oh, best employer, oh, I'm, I'm with that. So that must make mean I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good at what I do because I work for the best employer. Yeah, it, it is an interesting one that you carry these sort of accolades when, when you win awards. Um, of course, the challenge is in a year's time, if you don't win it again, do people then take the view and say, oh, you must have slipped? Or do they work on the basis, most of them do, so you don't do the same company twice in a row because you've got to find other things and set other benchmarks. Yeah. But it is an interesting, and I love the way you describe the way that you know, it, it is a responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and measuring against it, and I think that's something I'd, I'd pick up on as well for us going forward, is to ask yourself that question on the basis of you know, how should we think now that we have been judged to be this? And I think that's quite a nice way of looking at things. It's a nice way to wrap up, actually, on that uh, on that success story, uh, Helen. As always, it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing your experiences. Thank you for putting up with my relentless Twitter feed. Sorry, so you get when you're successful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's they're probably complaints. Uh, and uh, John, I look forward to working with you on the next in conversation with. Thanks again, Helen Archibald. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.